Welcome to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast with your host, Alicia McCormack. Alicia is a comedian, wife, author of Smart Wedding, who once faced the ultimate business challenge pitching one-on-one to Richard Branson. How'd you do, Alicia? Hmm. Well, Carly, I did pitch to Richard Branson, but I am not sitting in a castle. I do not now currently own a tropical island. I wish I was broadcasting to you from a tropical island. I would just be so relaxed. No, look, the pitch went well. I'll explain the situation. I was interviewing Richard Branson uh, for a television show I was working on, and I sort of thought, you know what? People all turn up and ask him the same questions. And I thought, I will come up with something that I can pitch him. And hey, you never know, he might just take it up and we could all retire. So I came up with this breakfast cereal. Of course, if you were going to pitch to Richard Branson, surely it would be a breakfast cereal. I called it All Branson. You might have heard the cereal called All Bran. So All Branson was uh, Richard Branson's very own style of uh, fibrous cereal. And the catchphrase I thought would be great for the cover would just be his face and a little, little speech bubble saying, even knights of the realm need fibre. We all need fibre, don't we? He was into it. I am still waiting for the call from his reps. I'm sure it'll be happening pretty soon. But even if we do go into the cereal business, I still want to be presenting the Save the Date Wedding podcast because I bloody love it. Gee, I'm having a good time. I really am. I hope you're enjoying yourself. Hope you're learning today. It's a topic after my own heart. Four ways that you can save thousands of dollars, pounds, pence, cents, whatever currency you're currently transacting in on your wedding day. And this doesn't have to be for people on a budget. I need to remind you people that have endless amounts of money. Firstly, well done. Let's talk about how we can arrange for you to teach all of us how to do that. But secondly, there are aspects of your wedding day. And I'm sure people that do have a lot of money have a lot of money because they're good at doing exactly what I'm going to teach you. And that is looking for ways to save money, shaving the budget so you can then move the money elsewhere. A lot of people are privileged and have a lot of coin because they save money. They're tight asses. I remember seeing um, Oprah behind the scenes a couple of years ago, her saying she brings her lunch every day. Now, sure, granted, the lunch is probably made by a private chef. I don't know, but she brings a Tupperware. Jennifer Lawrence famously said last year that she uses coupons always goes to the cheap section of the supermarket because she's a good country girl and, you know, she said, you never know when the money's going to run out. I like that attitude. When Kristen Bell married Dax Shepard, they had a $148 wedding. They went to the local courthouse, got hitched on their own, didn't make a big deal of it. One of my favourite examples of people not spending money when they have a lot of money is Warren Buffett, who is his net worth is estimated at over 46 billion. That's with a B, not an M, billion dollars. He could have whatever he wanted in the whole wide world, but he chooses to save money by driving an older car and he lives in Omaha in Nebraska. I mean, he's not living in New York in a penthouse apartment. He, um, purchased the home that he's living in over 50 years ago for less than $40,000, which was a long a lot of money back then, but now probably not. He could probably live wherever he wanted. So rich people can be tight, very sensible. So when you're listening to the budget wedding tips today, I want you to think 
to imagine that you are Warren Buffett, a much more attractive, sprightly, hopefully have more hair, no judgment if you don't, version of Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett's, Warren Buffett's, if you're a chick. And use your money to your advantage. Make it last, spread it out. This is not about being a super tight ass and shopping at Costco, although Costco has many bargains. We will get to that in future episodes. You can get some amazing deals from big budget supermarkets and people will never know that you've bought stuff from there. The key takeaway is to make your money work for you and not be just giving it out willy nilly without thinking about it. So enough of that. Let's get to the budget tips. That's what you're waiting for. Now, I promised you four very easy ways to save money on your wedding for bits of advice that I can give you today to get out there and save a couple of coins, save a couple of coins. I know we all appreciate that. The first tip comes from Yash, who I met at the London Wedding Expo recently. He runs a company called Weddings by Driven, and they supply some of the most exquisite vintage cars, you know, Rolls-Royce, Beauford's some phantoms, think the royal family, Kate and Will's wedding, you get the picture. Yash's normal clientele are people that are probably willing to spend more money than I would make in a whole year on cars for their wedding. But he's a good businessman and I get the feeling that he likes to be negotiated with. You know, there are some business people that you meet that just go, hey, let's go. I'm happy to play the game. And I certainly got the impression from Yash when I was speaking to him and he really didn't hold back in ways to save money, especially with cars. I have listeners all over the world. Can you give some advice for when a, a, a couple come to you and they've got a limited budget? How can they save money but still have a fabulous car for the day? Everybody needs to haggle. What are some good haggling tips just between you and me? Well, between you and me, good haggling tips is you can always say you're very serious, uh, you'd like to leave a deposit on the day or you can pay in cash, things like that. They always, always help. But in the car industry, if you try and do things Monday to Thursday, it would make everything a lot cheaper. The reason for that is is because generally people like to get married on a weekend. And what you have to understand is a lot of businesses pull a lot of customers in on the weekend, but they can't pull clients and customers in during the week. The wedding industry and most industries actually use that to their advantage and a significant discount during the week. And that in the wedding industry is Monday to Thursday. They count Friday as a weekend. Okay, so what if I only wanted to book the cars one way just so people could see me show up in a beautiful Rolls Royce and then you just chuff off elsewhere and do another job? Is that possible? It's possible. We could turn up. We, I mean, we, we cater for you name it, we can cater for it. So really, the best thing to do is for me to ask you to haggle, to negotiate, like literally say, how do I get you in this car today? That's exactly right. And that's, that, that is the way to, that, that is what you've got. You've got to be up front. You don't be shy. You've just got to come out of it. Tell them what you want. And if you show them that you're serious enough, you'll go away happy without that. What's the what's the premium package that you offer? Well, what it is, is when you want to spend a lot of money with me, I do a lot of high-class weddings. And when I mean high-class, I'm talking famous footballers, famous people. And I've actually had a wedding. A couple of months ago, I had four Rolls-Royce Phantoms, which are between four of them, they're worth a million pounds. So, I mean, I've done weddings to cater for you're talking in the range of 40 to 60,000 pounds just on, you're on just, your car just on vehicles oh, I've had to have a quick sit down that is just on vehicles well that's I want to say good for you that's mental but good for you it, it is mental but it's, it's, 
We've been doing this for a long time. We can offer a lot more. Negotiate, haggle, get to know the wedding vendor, and they'll do you a good deal. Yes. We have to understand everybody is working on a budget, and a wedding isn't cheap. You know, you, you have to plan things like this, and you have to try and get everything as cheap as possible. There you have it, Yash, with his very sensible haggling advice. And for those of you like me who can't do currency conversion as quickly in their brains on the spot, £60,000, which is what he was just talking about doing a wedding recently um, in London, that's the equivalent of 96000 US dollars, about 100000 Australian dollars. Oh, it blew my mind. It's a lot of money. And that's just leasing a car for a day. You don't get to take the car home. I said to him, could you think you could maybe perhaps take the car home for the weekend? He's like, no, 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 we take them away at the end of the day. Of course, of course. Also good advice that came out of that interview was that you can hire cars just to arrive on the day. If you don't want to have the cars sitting there for two or three hours to take you to the next venue, or if you're being very clever and having an all-inclusive one-stop shop venue... Just book the cars for when people are seeing you roll up or leave. If if you're in a church, for example, and all your guests are sitting in a church and they don't see the bride show up or the groom show up, then you can book a much cheaper car service or even a cab, a very respectable cab, to show up, drop you off, and then have the fancy cars, if that's what you want, arrive for when you are moving to your next destination. If it's about the show and the look of things for you, don't put money into things when people aren't going to notice. It's a waste of money and it's a waste of time and only you'll know that you've sat in the fancy car. Tip number two is jumping off from what Yash has said about pick your day correctly. Pick your wedding day. If you haven't booked the day already and you are really concerned about saving money, then avoid the weekends. Can I say that again? Avoid the weekends. Now, I have been to quite a few weddings on a Friday. And to be honest, yeah, it can be a little inconvenient for guests to have to get the day off, but hey, they get a long weekend. In the end, you get two days to get over the hangover and you also get to save quite a lot of money. It is the number one piece of advice that I receive from wedding vendors when I say, hey, how do you save money? Give me one tip now. And it is don't get married on a weekend. If I still haven't convinced you enough, 40% discount. How does that sound? That is what some venues are willing to slash off their costs in order to put a wedding on on a weekday. Because if your wedding's not on and nobody else's weddings are on, they're not making any money. So it's easier and probably more profitable for them to actually cut the budget, cut the prices, give you more bang for your buck so they actually fill the spot and make a little money for themselves. Weekday weddings also give you a lot more advantages with negotiation outside of venues. Florists are less busy. Cars, as we've just heard from Yash, they probably haven't got much to do unless they're running as a private car service. If you had your eye on a celebrant that's booked up till 2017 on the weekends, I'm going to put a little bit of money on the fact that he or she may be available on a Tuesday. Now, you'll learn very quickly with me, I don't like obligation guests. Those are the people that you invite because you feel obliged. Now, we will talk much more about this in further episodes. But I will say the obligation guests, these are usually people that you aren't particularly close to and people that perhaps wouldn't go out of their way to come to your wedding if you made it a little bit more difficult. So perhaps by having your wedding on a weekday, some of these obligation guests, the hanger-oners, 
they might not be making the effort to pop along, therefore removing the annoying thing of you having to not invite them. What's your approximate budget for your wedding? I think about eighteen thousand pounds. It's probably around ten grand. Um, might slip to eleven, twelve, but still within the realms of sensibleness. Probably going to be between twenty and thirty thousand. We're Iraqi, so the groom's family are the ones to host the wedding. We were looking at twelve thousand, but at this moment in time, I could spend a lot more. Gee whiz! All right. Tip number three: Get out of the city. Let me say it again: Get out of the city. If you are living in a capital city of your country, wherever you are, your wedding will cost you, I guarantee, and this is this is absolute fact, thirty percent more than if you were to get married out of town. In cities, you pay for the added extras that you might not even use, like views. Yes, it's wonderful to see the sun setting amongst the city skyline, the skyscrapers of New York or Sydney. But to be honest, at the end of the day, your guests aren't going to be talking about the amazing sunset. They're going to be talking about how wonderful your wedding was and how great it was to see how happy you were. And you won't be happy when you need to pay an additional thirty percent to see that sunset. City weddings are also way more expensive for your guests if they don't live in that city and they've got to come and pay for accommodation and travel. It really boosts their expenses. Now, by all means, if you're a native New Yorker, if you grew up in the middle of Melbourne, if you want to get married in Cape Town, I I absolutely say go for it. But if you can avoid it, if you have a connection elsewhere, for example, I grew up in Tasmania, and.、Uh, My family still lived there. We never lived there. We lived in Melbourne, but a lot of our friends went back to Tasmania to get married because they could they could have their weddings at exquisite vineyards, fully catered, amazing wine, great great food, for half the price that they would be paying in capital cities in Australia. And yes, they were asking their guests to travel, but a lot of the guests were quite happy to have a a holiday on the Apple Isle. And extend that time for themselves, then pay the equivalent of one night's accommodation in a big city, what they could get for three or four in a smaller town. Saying that smaller town vendors are also probably a little bit more friendly. Is that is that a huge generalisation? Absolutely, it is. Yes, it is. Is it true? Probably. I'm not saying I want to make this very clear. I'm not saying that you take off to Hicksville, Sticksville, somewhere in the middle of nowhere, and have to transport everything, all because you found some sort of dream shanty shack somewhere that you think would be an amazing wedding venue, and it ends up costing you three times the amount of stuff because you've got to ship in a kitchen and catering and accommodation. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just suggesting that if you have somewhere that's dear to your heart, that Isn't in a capital city, then I would suggest you take a look at the prices, and also the options available to you. Tip number four: Remove the middleman from the negotiations. Go straight to the source. Now, this might be an obvious tip, but it surprises me how many people choose to go through third parties when they could do a little extra googling, let their fingers do the walking. As the old Yellow Pages ads used to say, and actually contact the main supplier and negotiate straight with them. Why go through a web page or another service 
as a third party when they're just going to add their cut on top. It doesn't make much sense, but a lot of people don't even look into it, are a little lazy when it comes to it, and really miss a trick with it. For example, for our wedding, I had a favorite wine. It's called Shoren Smith. It's from the Adelaide Hills. See if you can find it. It's amazing. It's a Sauvignon Blanc. And I thought, I'm going to call Shoren Smith and ask if they would be willing to sell me a couple of cases of wine. Okay, it was more than a couple of cases. A wedding amount of wine for a little bit cheaper. And after some toing and froing, they said, yes, you can buy at cellar door prices as if I was going directly to them at their vineyard in Adelaide. We agreed that I would pay shipping and it turned out to be quite a bit cheaper than if I were to go and purchase it through a a bottle shop or alcohol supplier. We really wanted to find some little uh, vintage milk bottles to put our our wedding cocktail in, which we called Schnappily Ever After. It was a delicious peach schnapps cocktail, which I wish I was drinking right now. Oh, just just delicious. So I looked on all these websites and I could find them in packs of six and packs of 12 and they were quite expensive. And after a while, I, I did some pretty heated research and ended up finding the Australian distributor for these milk bottles. And called them and said, I only want to buy 70. Is that a problem? And they said, no, great. If you can drive to our factory, we'll sell them to you from the door. Bam, I was delighted. Got in my car, drove straight there. And again, these retailed, I think, at about $4 each. And I got them for $2. Sure, it takes a little bit of extra time. But if it's worth your while, if you're getting things for half price and you put in a little bit of extra effort, buying direct from wholesalers will really also save you money. Alicia's from Australia, the land down under with kangaroos, koalas, and weird phrases that no one else understands. Sometimes I just nod along to make her feel better. So each week, we thought we'd take a moment to translate some Australianisms. Today's word is Arvo. This may just be my favourite ever segment of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. The word this week is Arvo, as Cara Lee said in her gorgeous Canadian accent, Arvo afternoon of course if you've ever met an australian and even the australians from the upper echelon of society you realize that we have a tendency to shorten words now this is probably due to our extreme laziness as a society we've got other things to do let's just be honest we don't have time to use full words we put an o on the end or an ie just makes things much easier words like barbie barbecue beauty beautiful. Cozzy, this is swimming costume. Journo, I used to be a journo, I'm a journalist. Sometimes I forget this and I slip into my Australian laziness. I'm just met with absolute looks of bewilderment. So if you'd like to bond with an Australian that you know, or if you just want to come home tonight and speak to your loved one in a weird way and have them look at you like you're a little strange, then let's try this sentence and see what they think. Here it is. After brekkie, I chucked a sickie so the Savo I could watch a doco with one of my rellies. And if you need that translated, that's after breakfast, I decided to call in sick so this afternoon I could watch a documentary with one of my relatives. There you go. If in doubt and you're in Australia, just shorten a word. I've got so many more of these to bring you, it blows my mind. Now, I know I said four tips. I'm going to give you five 
because that's the sort of generous person I am. And because you've listened to four tips, here's five. And this is one of my favorites. This is for ladies and probably gents as well, but more more ladies who are looking for a wedding dress. And if there is a wedding exhibition on in your area, might I suggest you attend? Because there are genuine bargains to be had at these events. I spoke to Ellen from Lavender Rose. They're a bridal shop in Cornwall. And she's had some very sassy and sensible tips when buying a wedding dress at a wedding exhibition. We will sell direct with customers as well. That's what they want. We're flexible. You know, if somebody says, I love this dress, it fits me perfectly, take it. Don't mind. I don't want to take it back. It's fine. That, so that's a tip. I, you know, if you come to a bridal exhibition and offer, if you've got cash in your pocket. Yeah, absolutely. Most shops will be happy to move the samples on if it means clearing a space or if there's something that we can replace it with you know so if somebody's on a budget it's always worth speaking to the shop so they can you know have that conversation and they might get a little bit of a discount if you don't ask you don't get at the end of the day we don't want to keep our samples we want to move those on so it makes perfect sense if it fits the bride or if it's just that little bit too big and just needs a tiny bit of alteration we'll sell it it's not a problem I'd rather do that than have a dress in my shop that I can't you know sell later on so whether it's one that we've had in the shop for you know a year and so the right person just suddenly walks in and it fits wonderful great i really liked ellen's attitude she was just like i want to help whoever comes along if you're a good business person you'll find a way to make it happen and i couldn't agree more if you are going along to a wedding exhibition this weekend or in the coming weeks, do your research. I implore you to do your research because the wedding exhibition company will most likely have a list of exhibitors. Here's what you do. You find all the wedding dress shops that might be in your local area and you can pop into the shops, check out their stock. And then on the day of the exhibition, you pop along to their stand and I bet your bottom dollar some of the wedding dresses that you were looking at in their shop are now on the stand and probably available to purchase if you bring along your cash. As Ellen said, shops don't like to keep stock. If they can move it, they will. So there you have it. There are four really simple solutions to saving money. Remember what Yash said, haggle, get them down to the rock bottom price and do not be afraid to walk away or come back the next day. There is no pressure. If a price is good for one day, it's going to be there the next day. Number two, don't be afraid of a weekday wedding. We don't mind. If we love you, we want to come along to your wedding and we know you can have the biggest, best day that you want to have on a Tuesday, then we will find a way as guests to support you. Number three, remember you can go straight to the supplier, cut out the middleman. The middleman's boring. The middleman, we don't really care to get to know. He's probably really nice, but he's not going to do us any favors. Number four, say sayonara to the city. That's Japanese for goodbye, if you didn't already know. Say sayonara to the city if you can possibly do it, because more often or not, you'll get a much better deal when you get out of town. And number five, the bonus tip from me to you is if you are attending a wedding exhibition or exhibit in your city in the upcoming months, make sure you do your research. Often there will be websites that will list all of the vendors that are attending. So remember to do the research, meet the vendors beforehand, head in with cash and get ready to bargain and deal your little buns off. You work really hard for your money. I have no doubt, even if you're using Pinterest at work. 
I still think you work very hard for your money and you want to get the biggest bang for your buck possible. And I'm not suggesting you're ripping people off, but there's always a better deal out there. So strap on your sassy business heels or your casual smart loafers, do some negotiating and get the best deal possible. Remember, even if you aren't on a specific budget, you can spend more money on your champagne or more money on your honeymoon if you're not going to spend it somewhere that it doesn't necessarily need to be spent. Gee, that was a joy. And to be honest, it was really hard to select five choices to present to you today. So much so, I will be doing another follow-up episode in the very near future to continue the list of budget wedding planning ideas. And remember, if you have any questions, queries, comments, thoughts... I don't know, just if you want to say hello. I'm always up for new friends, international pen pals and such. Pop on over to savethedatepodcast.com and drop me a line. Maybe you've got an Australian friend at work and you don't understand what they're saying. I can try and communicate that to you. Maybe you're planning a wedding in Australia and you don't understand the vendors. I highly doubt that because we do speak English, just weird English, as I would say. Please do join me next week where I'll be bringing you very special guest. Watch the social media for some clues. Until then, ciao, ciao, ciao.